Yeah, big nasty Hall of Fame, Tampa Bay Buccaneer fan, baby. This is Mike Allstott, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and you're listening to the Cannon Fire Podcast. Cannon Fire Podcast, brother. When you hear the sound of the trunk, we'll be saying, here we come. Yeah, here we come. You ain't listening and you're missing out. Welcome back, Bucks fans, to a brand new edition of the Cannon Fire Podcast. Coming at you today for episode number 86. Happy Thanksgiving to you and yours. Hope you're watching a lot of football and eating some great food. Surrounded by your family. Happy holidays. Officially kicking things off, you know. I don't really put up my Christmas decorations until after Thanksgiving, so... I'm kind of looking forward to doing that because everyone else I know got way too ahead of themselves and put up their Christmas decorations like a week ago. But let's enjoy our turkey. Enjoy your stuffing, your mashed potatoes, your sweet potato pies, anything else you might have on your plate today. And welcome back to the show. If you're new around here, I am your host as always, Rhett Matthew. Joined alongside me is my good buddy and co-host, Mr. Bucks Football, Evan Wanish. And Evan, how are you doing today, my man? I'm uh, I'm doing pretty good. Yeah, um, Thanksgiving, like you said, Thanksgiving's coming up, and uh, I mean, I like Christmas more, but you know, always like to eat. So yeah, it's, good. it's uh, it's Fat Guy Christmas, as uh, me and Johnny B <laughs> like to call it. You know, anything you could ever imagine. Some people get crazy with it too. I mean, I've seen some specialty turkeys tossed around here and there, a little bit more than your average deep fried or smoked turkey. People get crazy, yeah. and uh, I'm all for it because so, just like you and I said. Before we start. Yeah. Before we start, I want to ask you a question. So, all right, like and I saw it on um, like one of the social medias last night, and it said like, "What do you prefer, your turkey, like oven, deep fried, or like smoked?" Yeah, and I said deep fried. I was wondering what what you thought. I know deep fried turkey, especially down here in Florida, that's the most common. At least like when I was growing up, I had family deep frying turkey every single year. Personally, I like smoked turkey. Like I, I think. Getting a turkey off of the grill, especially if it's been on a smoker for, you know, a few hours, more than a few hours, uh, there's nothing that can really beat that taste. But turkey in the oven, probably my least favorite if I got to really throw it out there. That's how that's how we normally have turkey in yeah. the oven. Yeah, yeah, I'm all about getting it off of the grill or even deep fried, just like you said. Deep fried's the way to go, though, man. Nice and uh, easy. You can man, do it one afternoon and have it ready on your plate before all the good games start. Yeah. So... Today on the show, we're going to be talking about the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. That's why you tuned in, isn't it? And uh, we'll be going over this week's matchup against the Jacksonville Jaguars. So the Bucks coming off of a very impressive win against the NFC South Division rival, the Atlanta Falcons, 35-22, to the final score in that one. So they're going to be looking to build off of some things as they head a few hours north to Jacksonville to take on Nick Foles and the Jaguars. Before we jump into that game, we do have some big Buccaneer news headlines that came out this week. Wanted to break those down and go over them really quick. Some pretty exciting stuff if you're into awards and recognition, because of course there are a lot of Bucks out there that deserve some of these accolades. Let's start with what I saw first. Three former Buccaneers were named as semifinalists for the 2020 Hall of Fame class. Those three Bucks were Rondé Barber, John Lynch, and Simeon Rice. Pretty sure everyone listening knows who the hell those guys are. Should. But uh, they are one step closer to the Hall of Fame. And it, am I wrong? Or, like, didn't they do something with the class this year to where the class is a lot bigger going in? I don't think so. No? I think it's I think it's still – isn't it – wasn't it – I think it's eight, but hasn't it always been like I, I eight? I thought it was like – I thought they were doing a special thing for the 100th season. Like, they, <clears> instead of eight, they were going to do, like, 15 or something. I don't know. I could be wrong. But – um. 
If anyone heard something about that, let us know in the comments down below. But yeah, John Lynch, Rondé Barber, and Simeon Rice were named the semi-finalists for the 2020 Hall of Fame class. And if one of those three guys gets in, I'll be so happy because it seems like all three of them have been snubbed from the Hall year after year. We keep complaining about it. Well, yeah, Rondé Rondé's the one that's been um, the least. I, I think... John Lynch made what it pretty it? far in the voting last year. Yeah. Uh, what is it? I think it's it's five years after you retire. Mm-hmm. I believe it. Yeah, it's five seasons after you retire that you're eligible for the Hall of Fame. So um, I, th- I think the person that's gotten snubbed the most is Simeon Rice. Yeah. Um, he has a Super Bowl, and he put up similar slash better numbers than Michael Strahan. And Michael Strahan's in the Hall of Fame, and Simeon Rice isn't. Uh, I do believe that Simeon Rice deserves to be in the Hall of Fame and hopefully gets there. So Absolutely. Simeon Rice, a guy who still holds records in the Buccaneer record book. I think Shaq Barrett just broke one of his records. It was mm-hmm. the, uh, what was it, the fastest to, um, or the most sacks through 10 games, I think, or 11 like games. That. Yeah, yeah. But, um, yeah, he, he beat his record for that. But, I mean, this is a guy who again, just like you said, puts up similar to if not better numbers than a lot of top defensive ends that might already be in the hall. So you got to hope he makes that step and uh, gets into the hall this year. But like I said, any one of those three guys getting the recognition they deserve, I'll be happy. Now, the second bit of Buccaneer news that we have for you today, for the second time this season, the NFL has announced that a Tampa Bay Buccaneer player has been named the NFC Offensive Player of the Week. This time, it is wide receiver Chris Godwin for his performance last week against Atlanta. He caught seven passes for a career-high 184 yards, two touchdowns, and a career-long 71-yarder in a 35-22 win on Sunday. you love to see it, man. He even got the Snickers chain, too. I think he got <laughs> the... Um, it, it, they were talking about him on Good Morning Football. I mean, Chris Godwin is, is getting some recognition this week, and it's good to see. Well, he uh, he also got the the call from Dion. Yeah. On uh, game day prime time, uh, I think the the Snickers chain. I think that was an ad. Um, ah, he so put cool. he put he put in the, in the thing. It said hashtag ad. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um. But hey, I mean, I'll take a Snickers chain. It'd be cool to have that around my neck <laughs> every show. You know what I mean? Right. Right. <clears throat> Bring you back to the uh, little Fitz Magic thing we had last year. Would have fit a lot better than your Gasparilla beads. You know what I'm talking about? Oh yeah, my my fake uh, beads. Yeah, <laughs> those those those. Uh, yeah, I remember. Definitely if people, if people, they came uh, from my kitchen table. That's where they came from. If people don't know what we're talking about, around week two last year, after the Bucks were fresh off of another Fitz Magic victory, Evan posted a video promoting the show, and uh, you had your digs on just like Fitz Magic did when he took Deshaun Jackson's wardrobe up to the press conference after the game. So, um, maybe, maybe we'll, we'll release that video. I, eventually I know for again. a fact I've still got that video on my phone, so uh, I've always got it handy and ready to go. <laughs> but, yeah, it'll be released one day, I'm sure. Again, <laughs> so that's all the Buccaneers news that we've got for you this week. Let's get into this game a little bit. So, looking at what is ahead. Uh, the Buccaneers are going to be taking a road trip to Jacksonville. They're going to face a 4-7 and Jaguars team coming off of a 42-20 road loss to the Tennessee Titans. And it's going to be the Buccaneers' first regular season game in Jacksonville since 2011. And then another opportunity for their first regular season win in Jacksonville. That stat kind of jumped out to me because I feel like we've won a game in Jacksonville. Like at least regular season, have we not? I, I guess they, not. They've beaten they've beaten Jacksonville and Tampa. They haven't beaten them. Um, I mean, a reminder: Jacksonville is uh, one of the youngest teams, also. So yeah, there's right. been less opportunities. No, I get that. Especially since you know the, the Bucks. You know, Bucks are NFC, Jaguars are AFC. Yeah. I mean, you said it yourself. Like this is the first time they're playing in Jacksonville in eight years. So. Um, it'll be another eight years after this just because of the way it goes. <laughs> right. Um, <clears throat> until they play in Jacksonville again, because the next time they play Jacksonville, the game will be in Tampa. That's just how the schedule makers have it. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I mean, last time, I believe, a uh, little, little throwback, Blaine Gabbert was the Jaguars quarterback. He is now with the Buccaneers, but obviously he's hurt. Uh, Josh Freeman was the Buccaneers quarterback. LeGarrette Blount was the running back. I believe Rondé Barber had a pick six in that game. Um that's all I can remember about that game. The Bucks lost. Like they didn't obviously they didn't win. Um, yeah, that that's I mean that game is 
one of the many blurred ones when I just started watching football. Hey, I so. mean, it's 2011. I'm not going to blame you for sparing any details. The fact that you can remember the Rondé Barber pick six is enough to say that you at least watched the game uh, because I don't remember that matchup. I don't remember a whole lot. And it's funny because I was definitely watching the team at that time. Um, I just don't remember a whole lot about that <laughs> matchup. But uh, thanks for refreshing my memory there. Now, taking a look at this Jaguars team, they've lost three in a row. They've got Nick Foles returned back to the lineup two weeks ago. He replaced Gardner Minshew, but it looks like a lot of the problems with this Jaguars team is on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, Which isn't normal right now. Right. The three games that they lost, they've allowed 101 points all to fellow AFC South teams. But uh, the defensive side of the ball is where this team seems to struggle. Now, I'm going to toss it to you here. In this matchup, what are you looking at the most? Well, I'm looking to see if uh, who can who can win the turnover battle. Because I, I think this game, I think, is really close. I, th- I think both these teams are kind of on the same level per se. Uh, so whoever wins the turnover battle, I think, will, will ultimately win the game. Uh, the Jaguars' defense, like you said, it's been struggling a lot. I mean. You know, in the past two weeks, they've been outscored seventy-five to thirty-three. Um, you know, offense to defense, um, <clears throat> not good, right? Not not good at all. And, and Nick Foles, who's their big free agent signing in the offseason, was supposed to come in and, and play well. And I mean, he's played okay. Um, I have the stats in front of me here. You know, he obviously got hurt that first game versus Kansas City. He got out in the first quarter, I think, uh, and that sidelined him for a while. But came back in his first game back. Threw the ball 47 times, which is surprising because Jacksonville, especially with Blake Bortles, was known as kind of a running team, right? They, they didn't, I don't know, maybe they have more, obviously they should have more faith in Nick Foles than Blake Bortles, but, I mean, they're throwing the ball an awful lot. And that might be because their defense struggling. Maybe, you know, they're down most of the game, so you have to throw it. I don't watch enough Jaguars games to know that. So, um, but yeah, I mean, he, uh, 70% completion percentage in that game. He was 33 for 47. 296 yards, two touchdowns, and one pick. That's a pretty good day. Yeah. Uh, his passer rating was uh, 92.2. He got sacked twice. Uh, Jaguars' offensive line has not been the greatest. Uh, every time I watched the Jaguars game with Gardner Minshew, Minshew was always trying to run for his life. So that's another key for the Bucks to in order to force those turnovers. They got to get pressure. Uh, and then last week he posted a. Uh, Six six point six seven uh, completion percentage, thirty three for forty eight. Yet again, throwing the ball forty eight times. Like I said, they were down most of the game though. So, uh, two hundred seventy two yards, no touchdowns, no interceptions, eighty one point two percent passer rating, and was sacked three times. Uh, I think the the moral to the story here is that you know get up on them early, and they won't run the ball. And if they don't run the ball. You know, look at their weapons. I mean, DJ Chark is, I mean, their best weapon. Other than that, like, what receivers on that roster scare you? And the answer shouldn't be many. So right. I think the defense could potentially have have another good day. But like I said, if the Bucks come out and have four to five turnovers or an offense, I just don't see how they win this game. Right. And uh, you kind of brought up the defense and them showing up having to do their job. If you can get ahead early and force them to really open up the pass game, make the field vertical when they're playing from behind, then that's a really good thing because, as we know, this Bucks team plays their best football when they're ahead. Um, as do most of, teams. Honestly, it, but. It, one of the biggest things that I'm looking at on this Jaguars team is Leonard Fournette. I mean, you kind of said they've gotten away from that identity of being a, a running team a lot. Uh, simply because if they've been playing from behind, you know, it's a different situation. We as Bucks fans should be all too familiar with that. Um, but, yeah, Leonard Fournette's the type of guy where, like, if you let him, he's going to have a day on you. And I think just last week we were talking about him. Wasn't he in your fantasy lineup, but at, like, 37 points this week? No, I, I don't have Fournette, no. Oh, maybe it was someone I was playing. Chris Godwin put up 37 points for me if that's who you're talking about. Okay. But. Maybe it was someone I was playing. But Leonard Fournette, I mean, he's the type of guy where, yeah, he'll slow down for a little while and some people will get concerned, but he still has that ability to really go out there and get a big game. Now, I don't worry as much because, again, we've boasted it all season long. The Bucks' run defense is one of the best in the league. I don't think they're first place anymore. I think they're second place. But I'm still fairly confident that they can shut down the run if the Jags want to go that direction. So... 
Yeah, man, I think it all starts with, uh, just like you said, getting out ahead early and really getting them from there. But let's say you do do that, right? You get out, jump ahead, score early, you're playing with the lead. <coughs> from there, and this is going to be on the weekly checklist at the end of the show, I guess it's a little bit of a spoiler, but uh, pass rush, just got to build mm-hmm. off of last week and continue to do your job because when that pass rush plays well and they're able to get to the quarterback, that's when the secondary gets the day off and they look their best they have all season so yeah it, it really just all starts up front but uh but yeah man are there any key matchups you're looking at um i mean obviously the jaguars don't have jalen ramsey anymore so like the obvious one would have been mike evans versus jalen ramsey because we've never seen that matchup but um obviously that won't happen now so i believe aj boye is playing in the game so probably mike evans versus aj boye um I don't know who they're going to put the cover. Chris Godwin, he could be in for another big day. Um, <clears throat> also, I want to see how these tackles react, though. The Bucks' offensive tackles, and it's because uh, the Jaguars have Yannick Ngakwe. I'm not sure. I think he's. I thought he was hurt for a little bit, but I think he's playing now. Um, but I mean, he is a, a deadly pass rusher. Uh, that's the strength of, of their team. Uh, their their defensive line: Yannick Ngakwe, Calais Campbell. Um, I think Marcel Darius. Not sure if he's playing. Honestly, should check that. Um, but I mean, all three of those report. guys. Okay, there you go. All all three of those guys are impact players, and um, you know they're all still really good. And, and the Bucks' offensive line is going to have to you know be on their toes. So as far as matchups go, that's probably the best. Um, like I said, the Jaguars just. They don't scare you a whole lot on offense. They, they, right. they really don't. Like, and you know, <clears throat> the Atlanta Falcons scare you a good bit on offense. What do the Bucks do? They really pretty much shut down the Falcons. Now, as we're talking now with the Jaguars not really having much of an offense, they'll go out and have a career day for everybody. But uh, <laughs> that's just how it goes. Uh, one thing I did want to pull up, <clears throat> and it's kind of because Nick Foles is this enigma of sorts he has won a super bowl as a backup quarterback but i mean he played like he won that super bowl but then everywhere else he's gone he's kind of struggled yeah and this is the first time he is starting a game he's been on i believe four different teams the eagles the rams the chiefs and now the the jaguars and this is the first time he's starting a game not in an eagles uniform for against the bucks so his first game against the Bucks, I put up, pulled up all three of his starts. He's two and one against the Bucks. His first game against the Bucks, uh, he threw the ball fifty-one times, complete completed thirty-two passes, sixty-two point seven five completion percentage, three hundred eighty-one yards, two touchdowns, no interceptions, passer rating ninety-eight point six, was sacked six times. Yeehaw. Yet was yet was still able to get the win. Uh, that was the one. I don't know if you remember that. It was the Eagles versus Bucks in Tampa, and the Eagles scored a touchdown as time expired to win. Yes, I'm not I do sure. Remember do that you, game. you remember that one? Okay. Yeah. Um, and then the very next year, Nick Foles and the Eagles came to town again. Uh, Nick Foles a little bit like a, a better overall game, but a more conservative game. I think this is the way that the Jaguars are going to want to attack things. Uh, Attempted 31 passes, completed 22. Completion percentage is 70.97. 296 yards, three touchdowns, zero interceptions. A passer rating of 133, sorry, 0.3, and only allowed one sack. So in my mind, that is the perfect uh, scenario for the Jaguars against the Bucks on Sunday uh, because, you know, them throwing the ball, Nick Foles, 47 and 48 times. This is not a recipe for success. And then last year, uh, completed 35 passes, threw for 48 times. Completion percentage is 72.92, 334 yards, one touchdown, zero interceptions, 98.8 passer rating, and then it was sacked three times. And that last year was the actually the Fitzpatrick game that we were talking about. Uh, that was the one time that the Buccaneers had beaten Nick Foles. So I think it's safe to say, you know, I mean, Nick Foles has yet to throw a, an interception against this team. Um, and in, in three games, I mean, he's thrown the ball an awful lot. So maybe uh, maybe that can happen because, like I said, some there's something about Nick Foles in Eagles jersey that is so special. But when he takes that off, 
it just turns into a meh, you know? Um, One more thing about Nick Foles before I really move on. He, uh, in the 20, yeah, 2017 offseason, when the, before the Buccaneers signed Ryan Fitzpatrick, actually, Nick Foles was deciding uh, between the Eagles, because he was a free agent, and obviously he was contemplating retirement and stuff, and he was deciding between the Eagles uh, or the Buccaneers to sign with. Both both uh, were interested in him, and both wanted to sign him. Both made him offers, and he chose the Eagles deal um, as he was you know, more familiar with the situation. As I mean, it's, it's a fact. He's already been there. Um, then, yeah, he was just more familiar with the situation. He knew Doug Peterson. And uh, just just a little a little interesting scenario there. What history, you know, like does Philly have a Super Bowl if uh, if Nick Foles comes to Tampa? Right. Uh, w- would Nick Foles and maybe if Jameis Winston, you know, when Jameis Winston went down for that little bit um, in the 2017 season, you know, I remember when Ryan Fitzpatrick had to start those few games, would Nick Foles have gone on a run like that and jeopardized James Winston's job? Like, you never know. It's just something fun fun to think about. So Yeah. Now, you had brought up when you were kind of going over um, not only a series against the Bucks, but his season this year. He is coming back from injury, and yep. the common theme with the games that he played against the Bucks is that he threw the ball about 50 times, which is, a lot. you know, yep. a heck of a lot for one game. Um, now, for a guy coming back off of injury, it's his first start since then. You can't – well, actually, no, it's not. Um, but you can't imagine that he's going to throw the ball 50 times again. I mean, I guess it just depends on the situation because, like we said, if they're playing from behind, definitely expect them to throw the ball more. But yeah, you still I mean, think they're going to make it easy for a guy who's missed most of the season up until this point. So I would think on the defensive side of the ball, you want to keep your head up for those short – like quick developing plays, you know, a lot of slant routes, a lot of checkdowns, make it easy for him to get the ball out as soon as possible. I mean, yeah, but I don't really know how much they care about that because, like I said, past two games that he's played, he's threw the ball 47 times or 48 times. That's true. Um, but so clearly they're not too concerned about that. Um, now, like I said, I mean, you know, they were probably, I mean, I know that the Titans game, they were down most of the game. Um, then the Texans game, uh, it seemed like they were down most of the game. So, um, or no, no, that, that wasn't against the Texans. Sorry, that was Gardner Minshew's last game. That was the London disaster uh, against the Colts. They were in it for a little bit, and then uh, something happened. But like I said, pounce on the defense, get up early. You know, you want Nick Foles to throw the ball more than forty times. You yeah. don't want him to have the twenty thirteen against the Bucks Nick Foles performance where he threw it only thirty one times. You know. Um, had 22 completions, three touchdowns, no interceptions. That's not that you will lose. Right. You know, but if that happens, you won't win. So I mean, they they gotta they gotta find a way to you know really stop the run and on offense really put up points. Yeah, and uh, if you can get ahead and really put him in a position where, like we've said multiple times, you can get him throwing the ball more than he's comfortable doing. If you're in that situation and the pass rush can show up and do their job. It'll make for a pretty easy day, but you never exactly know in the NFL. Now, another thing that I'm looking at, we brought up the defense being kind of the Achilles heel of this Jaguars team right now. I think if anyone is a player to watch on Sunday for the Bucks on offense, it's going to be Ronald Jones. I mean, we've been talking about him, and we've kind of brought up, you know, oh, he's going to break one soon, and I still believe he can. It could is this finally the game. week? It, it might be this week. No, but or, right even... not, y- y- yes or no, if you had to bet, is it? Uh, yes. Make a bold claim here. Yes. yes? Okay. Yes. How long? Uh, I'll go 40 plus. Okay. So, I'll yeah, so a big plus. splash play. Um, now, even if he doesn't get that big 40 plus play, I still think it's a game where he can be productive as hell. I mean, if you give him 20, 25 carries up against this defense of the Jags, that just, like we said, is kind of struggling right now. If he can take advantage, I, I could easily see him having a 100 yard game between mm-hmm. catching the ball out of the backfield and taking handoffs. So you never know. I imagine they're probably going to split the load of carries between him and Peyton Barber again. But I'd like to see him have a big game, and I think if there's any week he can do it, it's this week. Yeah, I mean, like I said, the one thing that would be tough for me would be probably, like, the, like I said, Jaguars defensive line. Um, right. And they also I believe they have Miles Jack still as well. Miles um, Jack, actually, I'm looking now. He's their leading tackler with 42. Um, so, like, right now, he's. Uh, he also did he, not practice today. Just throw that out there. Okay. There, there's, a, there's a little. That would. Um, 
not sure if it's like if there's any doubt of him playing, but I mean, if he's out, that's a that's a big uh, big break for the Bucks. Um, but I mean, you know, I, I talk about this this pass rush. Calais Campbell has uh, five and a half sacks right now, and he kind of plays like a defensive tackle position, so. He might be lined up against Alex Kappa, so that's just another thing that I wanted to point out if you're talking about matchups. Uh, they might need to stop him, especially, I mean, if he gets going, uh, the run game won't be able to get going because yeah. if Campbell just blows up the play every time, um, not going to be good. So yeah. Campbell, uh, an extremely athletic guy, especially for someone, like you said, kind of playing a defensive tackle position for a big guy. I mean, he's yep. got the arm length, and he can move. Yep. So... I've got the injury report pulled up here. We can break that down a little bit more before we keep going over this game. Now, on the Buccaneers' side of the football, looking at the injury report today, we'll go through it name by name. I'll give you the injury and if they practice today or not. Now, this is as of Wednesday. The official injury report has not come out for Thursday, so these uh, these injuries and participations are subject to change. But we'll kind of give you guys a feeling on if we think these guys will play come Sunday. So for the Bucks. Defensive tackle Bo Allen with a neck injury. Limited participation. I think he'll probably play. Cornerback Jamel Dean with a shoulder injury. Limited participation. I also think he will play. Right tackle DeMar Dotson. Not injury related. Did not participate. What's been going on with DeMar Dotson getting non-injury days off? Is it just like a vet thing? Like is it... Could be. Because it seems like every single week he's got one day where it's not injury related and he just doesn't practice. Could be. I mean, it's possible. I mean, that that happens all around the league. Yeah. Still think he's going to play on Sunday, so look for big number 69. Moving on the list, we got defensive tackle William Golston with an ankle injury, limited participation. He will probably play. Wide receiver Scotty Miller, hamstring injury, limited participation. That's up in the air. But yeah, I, I still hamstrings think hamstrings are would, tricky. I, I still think he'd play, especially if he's limited participation. And we kind of saw him get a little more involved in the game plan successfully against Atlanta. So I have to imagine they have a plan for him, and he'll be playing on Sunday. Now, moving on. Cornerback Sean Murphy Bunting with a knee injury did not participate. SMB kind of went down towards the end of last week's game. So I think if there's a biggest question mark on the list right now for the Bucs, it would be Sean Murphy Bunting. What do you think? Yeah, um... Like I said, Greg Allman had tweeted after the game that Murphy Bunting was in the locker room, looked okay. Of course, that's before an MRI or anything. Uh, the team doctors could really look at him close, so uh, maybe they found something else. But, um, yeah, it's a Wednesday practice. I still think, you know, I believe they're practicing tomorrow. Uh, I know it's Thanksgiving, but I think they're practicing at least tomorrow in the morning. Um, they all eat so, their feast in the afternoon anyways. Yeah, and get on their yeah, practice. for sure. Um, <laughs> Yeah, can, can you imagine, like, Bruce Arians scheduled practice for, like, 7 p.m. tomorrow? And they had to eat, and then, ugh, yuck. Um, that'd be brutal. Um, but anyways, uh, you know, you still got Thursday and Friday. So um, right now, uh, it's, I mean, it's not a good sign that he's not practicing, but um, we'll see what his status is in the next coming days here. Absolutely. He's a big question mark, but we'll keep an eye on him, see if he gets to practicing before the end of the week. Next on the list, outside linebacker Anthony Nelson with a hamstring injury did not participate. I don't think Nelly's going to suit up. Uh, he hasn't really played in a few games, so I can't imagine that's going to change this Sunday, especially with him not practicing. Yeah, uh, went down on uh, in Seattle and uh, hasn't been back since. So uh, went down early in that Seattle game, so I think that's pretty serious. I think they probably hold him out this week and will probably be back next week, I would, I would hope. Now, here's a name on the list that's going to perk some ears up. It's another outside linebacker by the name of Jason Pierre-Paul with a knee injury. He did not participate. Now, did not participate. It is only Wednesday. It's the first injury report, him coming out. But it's JPP, man, and I imagine he's going to play. Uh, yeah, I, I don't – I mean, he didn't practice last week. Like, right. when the Wednesday practice, he didn't practice. Um. Matt Ryan last week for the Falcons didn't practice on a Wednesday practice. Yeah. Um, so, like, yeah, I, I would expect Jason Pierre-Paul to play. And, and, I mean, I don't think he's going to get some practice time. I just think today they just want to stay cautious and just try to keep him as fresh as possible. Right. 
Now, last name on the list for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, cornerback MJ Stewart with a knee injury, did not practice. Uh, he's not going to play. Yeah, that's what I was about to say. I, I can't imagine he's going to play. Um, and it's a shame. I, I mean, this is a guy who's really struggled to see the field most of this year, it seems like. And when he is on the field, he looks the most he, he looks the most like a rookie out of any other rookie <laughs> cornerback out there. So not a super But the worst part is he's him. not. Uh, yeah, really. <laughs> Corrected me on that one. Um, I, I mean, I'm surprised we didn't sign a corner this week. <laughs> I mean, I would see that to me tells me that they're expecting, you know, guys like Jamel Dean, guys like Sean Murphy bunting to play. Um, because, I mean, let's say both those guys are out. Yeah. What do you have? Carlton Davis, Ryan Smith, what, Mazzy Wilkins. I believe he's still on the 53-man roster. Mm-hmm. I, but that's like, that's it. Like, uh, there's nothing else. So, yeah. Uh, you know, I would expect Jamel Dean to play and then probably Sean Murphy bunting. I expect we'll play, but I, I do believe that MJ Stewart will be out. Now, this is a guy who wasn't named on the injury report, and I don't expect him to play a single snap all season, but I just kind of want to ask you, because I'm sure people are wondering. We've had some people message the page asking us in the comments sections, what is up with Justin Evans? Yeah, so Evans was put on IR. I want to say like week six or week seven, something like that. And I think they said um, week eleven. He like is expected back, right? Well, eligible to come back, not okay. not necessarily expected back. That gotcha. that's a, the, that was the same thing with Blaine Gabbert, um, and he's not going to be back. So, um, you know, the thing with Justin Evans, I I don't think I don't believe he's going to play again this year. I think they're hoping that you know he can just get healthy. Come back in training camp and hopefully play a little bit. But I mean, even if he comes back, I think it's an uphill battle um, yeah, for him to be a starter. I think he really has to play well. Um, but yeah, right now I, I wouldn't expect him back. Uh, I don't know. I don't think they've done anything permanent with him right now that would officially end his season. Uh, but I don't expect him back. I got gotcha. you. Now moving over to the Jaguars injury report, a much shorter list than the Bucks, but some big names on there to keep an eye out for. As of this Thanksgiving, here we go. Defensive end Josh Allen, limited participation in practice with a knee injury. Defensive lineman Calais Campbell, back, limited participation. Wide receiver Chris Conley with a hamstring injury, limited participation. Tight end Seth Devolve, oblique, did not participate in practice. Safety Ronnie Harrison with a concussion, did not participate. And I imagine if he has that concussion still in protocol, yeah. he's not going to be playing on Sunday. Linebacker Miles Jack with a knee injury did not participate. That's a big one, as we brought up earlier. Offensive lineman Brandon Linder with an illness did not participate. I imagine if he's just got a cold or a flu or he'll something, play. yeah, he'll probably play. Most of those guys, I think probably most of those guys besides Harrison will end up playing. Right. Now the last name on the list is defensive end Dwayne Smut with a knee injury. He was limited participation. Just like you said, I imagine most of those guys are going to play. But the names that pop out at you are Miles Jack, who did not practice, Josh Allen and Calais Campbell. Josh Allen and Calais Campbell, they're probably going to play. They're, they're limited participation. Pretty. If, if, you're, if, if, if you finished the game, the previous game, if you finished that game and didn't come out and you're in your limited participation in practice the next week, you're, you're going to play. Yeah. So then again, kind of like we brought up, the biggest name on that list to look at is Miles Jack. Now, if Miles Jack can't play on Sunday, uh, what do you think that means the most for this Bucks offense? What are they looking at to really get to that part of the field? Because this is already a unit that hasn't been playing its best football. Well, it could mean a big day for O.J. Howard and Cam Bray. Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, tight ends going up against linebackers a lot. Um, and just a good day over the middle in general. Uh, it could also mean even a bigger day for the running backs, which... I just looked up the Jaguars' stats, defensive stats. They're not great. Um, so they're 24, that 24 points allowed average. That's 22nd in the NFL. Uh, 364.5 yards allowed average. That's 18th in the NFL. Pass yards, 222.3 allowed. That's 10th best in the NFL. Pretty mm. good, right? Yeah. Um, you know, so, I mean, they must be doing something with their secondary. But then you get the rush yards. And this actually surprised me. 
142.3 rush yards allowed. That's 29th in the NFL. So when you say that Ronald Jones could be in for a big day, that's true. And I think that's true with or without Miles Jack. Even without, um, even, and like I said, without Miles Jack, um, it could be even bigger than that. Uh, yeah. because, because he's the middle linebacker. He's such an important piece of that defense. And, yeah, he's one of their better players. So um, definitely, if he doesn't play, which like I said, I expect him to, uh, but he does. If he doesn't play, that's a huge blow to their defense. So yeah, it's definitely something to keep an eye on there. I actually didn't know they were that bad against. I didn't realize it was, when run. I looked them stats up. I was like, whoa. Yeah, yeah. Wow, wow. So something else I'm looking at with this Bucks team headed into Sunday is our quarterback. Jameis Winston, which version of Jameis are we gonna get? <laughs> I mean, our, our, I'm expecting an interception at this point. I, I just I can't imagine he's gonna go in there and not throw one. Yeah, um, he said one game where he didn't throw one, right? One, yeah, yeah, one game this season. That was uh, the oh, actually two, two. So Carolina and what else? Right? Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Three then. Is he? Yeah. Carolina the first week, right? The second week, I mean. Then the first game versus New Orleans in New Orleans. Remember, he threw two, but they were both called that, back on yeah, penalties. I don't fair. think he threw one. And then Seattle game. He fumbled, but he never threw an interception. Okay. I, I, I'm going to double check that right now because the New Orleans game is the one I'm kind of iffy on. Right. Um, I was like, I didn't think there was three games that he didn't throw picks, but but let me just check. Um, Either way, like it, it, normally, I would feel good about Jameis going up against the, uh, this defensive unit, and people who listen. To I think the show, he still can. Like, I, I still, I still think he can as well. I, I think it's a matter of, like we said, which one shows up. Because if we're looking at two or three unsafe. interceptions, obviously, he's not going to put us in the best position to take advantage, and then that falls back on the defense and how good they're doing their job that day. But I think if there is a week where he can clean it up and really start something of just playing cleaner football. You know, after the two interceptions last week, he played great football. There's no taking that away from him. But to do that for four quarters, I, I think he can do it this week. But I, I don't know, man. Every time I think he turns a corner, he just he just does what he does. And I don't know. Dude, me I, out. I, we, had the, we had this discussion last week. Like, what what corner do you expect him to turn? He's Brett Favre. He's oh, going to throw picks. He just I is. Know. I know. I, I think it would just be nice to see him get on a streak of maybe two games in a row with no interceptions. And I know I just said last week it wouldn't be fair to expect him to throw less than 10 picks in a season. And, I mean, he's already at 20, so we can't do that for the rest of the year. <laughs> but I, I don't know. I, it would just it yeah. would put my mind at ease a little bit. Even if he does okay. have one, let the defense take advantage, go out there, do their job. Don't let him get any points. And then come I expect back to. out, shake it off, and then lead us to a I, win. I expect to. I expect two. I expect a big Ronald Jones games also. Big. Well, I cannot speak. A big Ronald Jones game also. Um, so maybe like two touchdowns, two picks. That's what I'm thinking well, from James. That, that's the thing as well. It's like we've kind of talked about when you know the elements are around him. He plays a lot better. Obviously, when he's not playing from behind is when he plays his best football. So if Ronald Jones can really get the run game going and the defense does their job, I see no reason he should throw zero pick or uh, he shouldn't throw zero picks. I see no reason he should throw zero <laughs> picks. If you got zero interceptions and you're up twenty with a minute left in the fourth quarter, you better just launch that baby. Um, <laughs> got to get in the stat book somehow, right? Got got to. Uh, got to get in the, in the history book. Um, Anyways, but I did look it up, and I was correct. Winston has three games this year where he's not thrown any interceptions. Carolina game, he threw one touchdown, no picks. New Orleans game, he threw two touchdowns, no picks. And then in the Seattle game, I believe it was two touchdowns, no picks. I thought he threw Let me just double-check on that one. Um, I've got the stat line on here somewhere. Might be right. No, he had two touchdowns, no picks. So um, if you notice, those are the games like he doesn't really throw many touchdowns. But he doesn't throw interceptions either. Like right. it was one, two, and two. Last week he threw three touchdowns, but two picks. And he's uh, also on a hot streak as well. I think it's what seven games in a row now with three hundred plus passing yards. Something like that, yeah. Most um, in team history. I know that for a fact. He's really yeah. on a hot streak at the quarterback position. So I imagine if he has a good week, 
it'd be up against this defense. Well, if, if he has if he has a good week, it's going to be. I don't know. I mean, their their secondary surprised me more than I thought. Um, because I mean, they're pretty good against the pass. Yeah. Um, if he has a good week, it'll be okay. The, he's the guy. He's the franchise guy. If he right. doesn't, if he you know throws two three picks and no touchdowns and they lose, it's going to be all right. Move on from him. You know, if if he plays, you know, like he did last week, they're like, okay, yeah, give this guy a chance. It's just that's how it's going to be every week with him, and, and that's unfortunately as long as he's in Tampa or like a long term starter anywhere, that that's how it's going to be with every fan base. So, well, I imagine with this season in particular, every single game for the rest of the year is going to be like that for most people watching him. Is oh, okay, let's figure out, see what this guy's yeah. about this week. Well, if he can win me over. See, I'm interested to see what happens there. Because let's go back to the past two seasons. We 2017 was up and down, had the injury, came back, played pretty well down the stretch. Yep. Played really good football down the stretch. That was the intro came, of Visor Jameis, if I remember. Um Or was that the preseason no, after that? No. It was the I think it was the preseason after that's that. That's when he started busting out the glove and everybody yeah. was like, Whoa, whoa. Yep. I remember getting excited. Yeah, it was the preseason after that. Um so then 2017 season, he ended really good. Everybody started to believe in 2018. 2018 started, obviously, he was on suspension. We all knew that. Came back, and it was not that great, right? Yeah. Uh, that Cincinnati game got benched uh, for you know two games, came back and played really good football, and everybody started to believe again. And not that it matters either, but uh, that preseason as well, before the suspension, dude, he looked amazing. Really good. That preseason. He was the best quarterback in the preseason. Yeah. Yeah. Um, now, you know, just to say he was playing against backups because he was getting the number two reps, but, yeah. um, whatever. Uh, so are you starting to see a trend here? Kind of a, a theme of plays crappy, plays crappy in the middle of the season and the beginning of the season. Then down the stretch, he plays well to make people believe, Hey, you know, I'm, I can be good. And then you're just going to go through it all again. I hope it's not true, but right now. It seems like it's on that trajectory. And look at the teams that they have up next, like their whole schedule. It could very well shape up that way. That he just he plays well. They may not win all those games because there's more, there's bigger issues on this team than that, right? Uh, defense had a solid game. I still don't think the defense is fixed. Um, offensive line had a solid game. Offensive line ain't fixed. Coaching had a good game. Coaching ain't fixed. So. Like, they still may lose games, but he'll just play well, and then you're almost in the same situation. Like, um, you know, it just it, it's funny how, like, the schedule seems to work out like that. Like, the schedule always seems to soften, like, when the, like, at the end of the season for the Bucks when every year. really gets into a groove, and we're like, all right, you know, this team's got some promise. They'll yeah. look good next year, and then, of course, next yeah. year comes around, and we see what we've seen. But... Let's go back to the situation you brought up, kind of how he, you know, brings it together, plays really well at the end of the year. If that ends up happening over these next five, six games that they have left, he just goes out there, lights it up, plays the best football of his career. Does that beg the question even more of if he's going to be hit with a franchise tag or the long-term deal? Because I'm, I'm convinced at this point there's not much he can do aside from go out and throw less than five interceptions and continue throwing two to three, 300 plus yards a game, um, two to three touchdowns, 300 plus yards a game, and he'll still get franchise tagged. But I mean, if he does come out and plays lights out, then I guess the discussion is going to be hotter than ever, right? Whether he gets a franchise tag or a long term deal? R- uh, franchise tag or long term deal, pretty much. So. Like, could he play personally... well enough to really get people confident he's going to be signed to a long term deal? Man, he would have to go on a run. Right. Like, and I base is at the point where he would have to have little to no turnovers at all. Right. Like, like he would have to play heck of a heck of a stretch of football. Um, I personally, even if he does play a heck of a stretch of football, I personally think it is a huge mistake to sign this person, this person, this player <laughs> this to guy. a. Yeah, this guy doesn't sound bad. To sign this guy to a a long-term deal, whether that's even a two- or three-year deal, I think it is a huge mistake right. just because you've seen what he has done. Um, I think the franchise tag is probably the best way to go. I think that's the safest way to go. Um, I, I just think it's just the smartest move 
Um, if you're not sold on moving on from him, if you don't have a high enough pick, you're not going to get Joe Burrow. It's not like you're 0-11 right now and you could potentially get Joe Burrow 1. That's different. Right. Um, but right now, you're just not going to be able to land a guy like him. So what do you do? You franchise tag Jameis. Say, hey, you know, you got another year. You know, the second year under Arians, the first year with Carson Palmer under Arians wasn't good. There was, I mean, it was good, but it wasn't, you know, he still, he threw 22 picks in that first year. Right. Um, so, you know, hopefully, you know, Palmer had an MVP like year the next year. If you can do that, you're going to get a long, you know, five, six year deal. If you can't, you're out the door. Like, I think that's, that's the best bet. So, and I mean, you obviously want to see him play well enough to where, you know, like you said, he would have to go on a tear to really change people's minds. I mean, minds. He, he would have to, like, like, based on the pulse of the fan base that I've gotten so far, oh, this guy would have to, like, I'm talking, like, how many games are left? Five, six? Five. Yeah, he'd have to probably throw 11, 12, 13 touchdowns. And two like, interceptions. Like, like one, maybe, zero. <laughs> like, no, like, no fumbles. Um... He'd have to hit a few deep balls for people to like ev- like most I'm talking like obviously there's always gonna be those Winston guys out there, but I'm talking about like most of this fan base for them to be comfortable with them giving him a three year deal, like that's what would have to happen. Oh, uh, and, and they all know that's, that's not likely to that, happen. That's what I was gonna bring up as well. And they wouldn't, even if he does nah. turn around and play super great or play well I enough to waiting, where... I think they're waiting for him to do it in a full season. If he does no, it in a full season, I think that's yeah. that's absolutely fair. I think that's how you know. I think it's a fair way to judge a quarterback, especially a guy so up and down as we have seen Jameis. I mean, there is no denying it. We compared him to Brett Favre last week. This dude's an enigma because twenty plus touchdowns, twenty interceptions. I mean, he is on pace to lead the league in passing yards and interceptions in the same season. And I'm not going to yep. say it hasn't been done before. Not much. Oh, <sighs> Wait, how it's much? Crazy. What? Like, oh, no, never mind. Um, <laughs> yeah, it, it really is just a weird <laughs> circumstance. Like, the guy finds ways to be productive even after his mistakes. And uh, I don't know. Looking at this game Sunday, it's really all just going to depend on what version we see of him. But I think if there is a game that he can – have to really just go out there play some clean football it's going to be this week because this Jags defense is hurting but any given Sunday in the NFL we saw it with Atlanta they were one in seven went on a two-game hot streak played the best football of their season then of course the Bucks shut that s down which was pretty awesome to get to four and seven yeah magnificent (laughs) but you never know we just got to see how he plays this week now Every single week here on the Game Preview Show, we do a little thing called the Weekly Checklist. And what it is, I give you three big things the Buccaneers are going to have to do if they're going to want to win this game's, uh, this week's game against the Jacksonville Jaguars. Before we get into Weekly Checklist, though, i got to remind you guys. Official Cannon Fire Podcast merchandise is available now. If you're looking to get that Christmas shopping done a little early, oh, yeah. I know just the gift. We've got red and black t-shirts Sizes XL and 2XL. Uh, if you're not that fat, it's A-OK. They shrink a little bit when you wash them. Um, we've also got stickers for sale. Those are 5 bucks. We'll send you a pack of five of them. Can of Fire Podcast stickers. You can put them up anywhere you want. The car, the office, the fridge, the toolbox, whatever you need them for. Represent, show up, and show out for CFP. And, of course, the T-shirts, $20. If you buy a T-shirt, we'll throw you a pack of stickers as well. But all of those would not be possible without our friends at Pinecrest Printing and Signs. Got to give them a good shout out. If you have an image for your business, they're going to make sure it gets taken care of. They've been doing it for the Tampa Bay area for the past 18 years, since 2001. Can you believe that? RJ and his talented crew over there in Brandon are making things happen. If you want to start out small, they've got business cards, calendars, posters, banners. You can go up from there. Even if you want to go so far as a vehicle wrap, they can make it happen. So give them a phone call, 813-684-5444, or you can check out their website at pinecrestprinting.com. But big thank you to them for being a sponsor of CFP and hooking us up with that beautiful merchandise that you see on your screen. Now, let's get into the weekly checklist. I've got three big things, and uh, they all three have been talked about, so I guess we don't have to go into too much detail when I bring them back up. But number I, one, I've got me... one then. So Okay, and then we've got Evan with one, so that'll be our wild card surprise at the end here. 
The first one on my weekly checklist, pass rush, uh, pass rush, excuse me, pass rush, do your job. These guys showed up last week. Let's see them build off of that and come after an arguably worse offensive line this week against the Jaguars. I think they can show up, have a big day. I, I Honestly, I like Carl Nassib this week. The yeah. way that he came back last week from injury and the way that that defensive line looked, he came back, and I think it showed a little bit more than people thought. I think he'll carry that momentum into this week and have another big day. I'm picking two sacks for the big guy. But mm. uh, either way, I would like the pass rush to show up and do their job because, as we've talked about before, when they show up do their job, it makes everything on the defensive side of the ball much easier. So pass rush, show up, and make sure you kick the crap out of Nick Foles. Second thing on the weekly checklist, Rojo could bust big this week. Of course, we talked about it going up against a weak link of a defense when it comes to uh, run defense and then you talk about it even more, the possibility of not having Miles Jack there. I think it's a perfect recipe for Ronald Jones to really get involved and get the carries that he should be getting because that's another thing. If he only gets 13 carries, I don't know if he's going to perform as much as we would like him to. He'll definitely show flashes, and maybe he'll still have room to break that one big one we keep talking about. But you give him 20, 25 carries, dude, he will dictate the tone of this offense. Mark my words. So Ronald Jones, keep an eye out for him and if he's getting the carries that he so rightfully deserves at this time in the season. Last thing on my weekly checklist, and then we have Evan with his as well. Jameis, he can brutalize this defense. Again, we talk about the weak link of the Jags being their defense, and we just talked about how if any week is going to be a big week for Jameis Winston to show that he can play good football, it's going to be this week. So all eyes are on big number three under center. Let's see how they perform. And that's my weekly checklist. Evan, what have you got on yours? Yeah. Um, I just want to say one comment about yours. Go ahead. Um, like I think this is the week where you could see one of the most conservative Jameis games. Like you, you say like Jameis is in for a big game. I sort of see it as almost like week two Carolina type. Just because like how the Jaguars are structured, like they like they're pretty good against the pass. Yeah, they're like, going to they give up are. a lot like, on the run. They're, they're um, probably going to make it much harder through the air. That's fair. Which, I mean, you know, setting up the run is with you know will uh, help the pass, of course, but with play action and everything. So I think this is the game, like, Winston has to. And that's why I said, whoever wins the turnover battle, I truly believe is going to win this football game. So I believe it's going to be close. And we can do maybe some, you know, score predictions if you want if if you have anything yeah um, let's a do little it, bit man. so let's do my it. my uh one thing that i have on my checklist i'm surprised that you actually didn't put it matt gay's gonna make all of his kicks um he has to make them this game i believe is going to be closer than it was last week and those three points while one was blocked and was not his fault those three points are huge, and they're going to have to have those three points against the Jaguars this week. So, Mackay, it's outside. For some reason, I guess you can't kick in the dome. I don't know. Um, this time, it's outside. It's in Florida, right? You, you, you kick good in Raymond James Stadium. Um, you know, it's the same state, different stadium. Just kick, pal. Just yeah. kick. <laughs> Just go out there, make your kicks. And exactly, we kind of talked about uh, Mackay. You want to see how he rebounds off of a bad week last week. He's showed us in the past that he can rebound fairly well. So I imagine he is going to go out there and make all of his kicks. But yeah, very good point. Something we're going to be paying attention to. No doubt about it. Let's do our score predictions. And then we'll wrap up and get out of here. Start making some Thanksgiving food. And uh, hopefully by this time tomorrow, we'll have a full belly watching some football. Now, you know what? I'm going to toss it to you first. Give me your score prediction, man. Mm-hmm. Put you on the spot here. Okay. All right. Um, I I do think that the Bucks want to, obviously the Bucks want to build off what they did last week, but I think the Jaguars are also going to be hungry to really. I mean, they got embarrassed the past two weeks, right? I mean, three um, in a past row. Past three weeks. I mean, yeah, honestly, like they got embarrassed in London, lost to Indy, and then got blown out by the Texans. Uh, I mean, I'm sorry, the Titans. Uh, they don't want to do that, right? They they don't want to go. I mean, this would be at a fourth straight loss. Um, final score, I'm going to go 27-24 Bucks. Um, I believe that the Bucks are just going to edge this one out. I think uh, Jameis does play a pretty efficient game. Like I said, I would expect an interception. I think he's going to have one or maybe two. Um, 
And then, like I said, I just think that they're going to be able to force turnovers against this offense, and I think that's going to be a difference. Okay. I think the Bucks are going to be able to to force Nick Foles into some tough spots. I think they're going to be able to shut down Leonard Fournette and really, um, really just be able to hopefully take control of the game. And then, you know, maybe Jacksonville gets like a late push there, but the Bucks hold them off just in time and uh, come out with the three point victory to improve the five and seven. I like it. I like it. And I'm going to follow it up with another prediction that has the Bucks coming out on top. Now, we kind of brought up how the defense, I mean, continuously throughout the show, we brought up how the defense of the Jags is not that great, but I still kind of believe it is going to be a game dictated um, by which running back really comes out and performs the best, and we know that Leonard Fournette has a much bigger challenge in front of him than Ronald Jones does, so I still think it's going to be a lower-scoring game because of it. I will go 24-21, Buccaneers win. Okay. So... Those are our score predictions. Let's hope we're right, and the Buccaneers can make it 5-7 and seven on the season because I think if there's any time to make a run and make something happen, it would be right now. These guys are going to be playing hard week in and uh, week out. Just uh, ignore that draft position? Uh, I mean, yeah. <laughs> uh, I had to be, throw that one in there. You can be that guy. We, we actually to, got a lot of we got a lot of interaction in our comment section last week simply because of all that talk of the draft position. You saw hey, it, right? At this point, I'm just going to troll, so... <laughs> Do whatever you can to get a reaction out of people and get them listening to the show. That's what's most important. But, yeah, man, I, I think if the Bucks are going to come out and play well, they're going to play their asses off week in and week out, regardless of if the postseason is there or not. Because this time, every single year, is normally around the time we are mathematically eliminated from the playoffs. But uh, that hasn't happened just yet. So I'm not saying there's a chance, but... Uh, Maybe they're anyways. Yeah. These guys are gonna no. be playing some hard uh, football, uh, regardless of if the postseason is there or not. Gonna talk himself into a playoff berth. <laughs> Let's hope they can make something happen and move to five and seven this week and come back to Raymond James ready to go back from their road trip. Ladies and gentlemen, that's just about gonna do it for this episode of the Cannon Fire Podcast. Thank you so much for listening or watching with video on YouTube.com or BoxReport.com. You can follow the show on social media. We are on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. All of those are Cannon Fire Podcast. You can also follow myself on Instagram and Twitter at Redicus. If you follow me, I'll follow you back. And last but not least, you can follow my co-host Evan on Instagram and Twitter at BoxWave. Also check him out on Twitter at EvanNFL for some of the most controversial cold takes you'll ever see. Ooh, Ooh, throwing a shot there. Okay. <laughs> Don't well, worry. I've, just, I've, just, just, you, if you want to follow my Twitter for some Bucks takes, a lot of Flyers takes, a lot of Sixers takes, just sports in general, whatever. It's pretty worthless, but hey, I oh, might follow you back. Now. Don't be so hard on yourself. He he won't follow you back, by the way. Ooh, uh, before you're we say that, well, yeah, <laughs> yeah, oh my God. Just because, you know, I'm sorry, guys, but if you're not active on Twitter for like two years... I'm not going to follow you, yeah, which is what Rhett did. Guys. And then he guys. decides one day, oh, I'm going to go back on Twitter, and he wonders why I'm not following him. Like, come on. Twitter Twitter is such a weird device because I saw something that summed it up perfectly a few weeks ago. It I've was, seen that tweet too. It, yeah, you create a Twitter, you jump on there, you're confused, and you don't know how it works, so you hate it. Two years later, you jump back on, you really start getting the hang of it, and now you can't stop. It's like crack. And you got it in dark mode. Yeah, I can't get enough. Yes, it is in dark mode. They read yep. my mind on that one. Yeah, one time I accidentally pressed on light mode. I thought I was going to die. I was like, oh, my God, what is this? <laughs> so give us a follow on Twitter. We'll follow you back. Let's talk it up with some Buccaneers football. Before we go, by the way, got to give a uh, another shout-out to our sponsor, Pinecrest Printing and Signs. These guys have been hooking it up for the Tampa Bay area since 2001. If you have any sort of image for your business, not only do they handle all the things I talked about before, the business cards, the posters, the banners, like the one you see over my shoulder right now, they handle much, much more, including apparel. And that goes to show. Official Cannon Fire Podcast merchandise is available now. You can check that out. If you want to order it, you can send us a uh, message on any of our social media platforms. We will get back to you with your order information. Make sure you have Cash App handy because right now that's the only thing we are accepting. But we've got a lot of happy customers. Shout out to Daniel, Dalton, and of course, Evan. I just sent your shirts up today, so those should be there sometime next week. But you want to get your hand on some cool stuff, that's the place to do it. So, I am Rhett Matthew, signing off for Evan Wanish, and we will talk to you guys after the game on Sunday. Have a happy Thanksgiving, and go Bucks.
beans, greens, potatoes, tomatoes, lamb, rams, hogs, dogs, chicken, turkeys, rabbits, you name it, look! I got beans, greens, potatoes, tomatoes, lamb, rams, hogs, dogs, beans, greens, potatoes, tomatoes, chicken, turkeys, rabbits, you name it! Greens, potatoes, tomatoes, lamb, rams, hogs, dogs, beans, greens, potatoes, tomatoes, chicken, turkeys, chicken, turkeys, beans, greens, potatoes, tomatoes, lamb, rams, hogs, dogs, beans, greens, potatoes, tomatoes, chicken, turkeys, beans, greens, potatoes, tomatoes, beans, greens, potatoes, tomatoes, beans, greens, potatoes, greens, potatoes, beans, 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 greens, potatoes, tomatoes, chicken, turkeys, chicken, turkeys, beans, greens, potatoes, tomatoes, chicken, turkeys. You name it! You name it! You name it! Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.